0: Record Collections and Recollections. Out of the Box with Mia Hull on FBI Radio. Hey, Mia Hull with you on FBI Radio 94.5. This is Out of the Box. It's the show where every Thursday I sit down with one person to talk about the songs and stories that have defined their life. Today I'm broadcasting on unceded land belonging to the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and my guest is joining me remotely from Bunjalan country. I'd like to take this moment to pay my respects to Gadigal and Bundjalun elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any First Nations person listening right now. Sovereignty was never ceded. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Before this interview, my guest was saying that going through the songs from her life was like opening up a box of photos, which is exactly what this show is all about. Her name is Carla Dickens, and the photos in that box show us a very big life, which is coloured in psychedelia, and it looks at the bush, and it looks at the city, and of course, a long history of art-making Carla is also prolific. Later in the show, we'll chat about the spate of exhibitions she has coming up, as well as the one currently showing at Carriage Works, Return to Sender. Thanks so much for joining me on Out of the Box, Carla.
1: Thanks for having me on, Maya.
0: Carla, in almost every bio I've read about you, you're referred to as a Wiradjuri painter. But when you and I were getting this interview ready, you suggested that I introduce you as a cross-cultural artist instead. Tell me about that. So I have, you know, I'm,
1: I'm an Aboriginal woman with Irish and German ancestry. So it's a bit of a holer picture rather than just, you know, being a, you know, I'm a really proud Wiradjuri woman, but, you know, there is more of me.
0: Yeah, it's one part of of a very big picture and a rich ancestry. But right now I do want to talk about just your Wiradjuri ancestry. So let's go back a couple of generations to your great-grandmother. What do you know about her?
1: My great-grandmother's name was Mary Anderson. She was removed and was trained as a domestic. Um, She left... Um, that situation with um, three kids and moved to Sydney to Mascot. Um, There was a humpy village um, behind the airport at the time. So, yeah, my grandmother and um, Myrtle um, and Tommy and Violet all lived in that humpy village in Mascot.
0: And moving down a generation,
1: can you tell me where your grandparents grew up? Well, they were brought to mascot to that Humpy village, um, and there was that was a really kind of cross cultural environment. It would have been the depression and before the depression, um, probably after World War One. My grandfather's um, family came from uh, Germany before you know Hitler kind of came into power. Um, they came to Australia, changed their name to Dickens. Um, my grandfather um, and his brother left their family, which was really violent at a young age and lived in the caves at Marubra. Um, so yeah, my grandparents met, um, both coming from, you know traumatic and difficult backgrounds, um, with lots of violence, and um, yeah. My my nance, you know, was like, you can marry me if you buy me a house, and they bought a house at Roby Street, Mascot. And um, my grandfather um, started to behave himself after that, and left a kind of life of um, crime himself. And and um, yeah, they bunkered down in Mascot.
0: And then your life starts in Mascot as well, doesn't it, Carla? Uh,
1: yeah, all around there, Beaconsfield. Zetlin, um, all those very, well, now they're quite shushy, but they weren't very flash when, you know, when we were there.
0: But you'd eventually head to Marubra from Mascot. What did that move mean for you?
1: I think I was about 10. So that was a real step up, kind of moving over to eastern suburbs. And, um, yeah, that's kind of just before... My parents divorced and, you know, I found drugs at about 11. Mm. So, yeah, things things heated up in Maroubra for me. Yeah. I was quite a well-behaved, quiet child before that time.
0: Yeah, in the next part of the show, I, I want to talk about things heating up for you in Maroubra. But first, you've chosen a song by Rodriguez to play on the show, Carla. Yep. Why did you pick this one?
1: Um. Well, my, my father and uh, mother split up and it was kind of just when we kind of were at, well, just after we'd moved to Marubra and it was just had such a huge kind of um, impact on me. And it's just kind of, um, yeah, it just takes me, it's, it's like, you know, that old photo. If I had a photo of those times, it'd be the cover of Colfax Rodriguez.
0: And we'll jump into it right now on FBI Radio 94.5. This is Out of the Box. I'm joined by cross-cultural artist Carla Dickens. This song was chosen by her. It's called Crucify Your Mind by Rodriguez.
1: And you claim you got something going Something you call unique But I've seen yourself really showing As the tears roll down your cheeks
0: you're listening to FBI Radio 94.5 DAB or if you're streaming via the podcast or the website, that song was Crucify Your Mind by Rodriguez and it was chosen by my guest on Out of the Box today, Carla Dickens. Carla, we were just talking about your early life starting off in Mascot and heading to Maruba and you talked about it starting to heat up. When did drugs first touch your life?
1: They touched my life. Um, uh, just before I went into high school and they were a real refuge for me like my parents kind of broke up it was a bit of a volatile time and I had already started getting really in my head about life and what I had to do and what the meaning of life was you know I, hopefully not many 10 year olds think about that stuff It was, and uh, yeah I found pot and uh, it just relaxed me mm. had
0: you, yeah. you know you're, you're an artist now, a practicing artist had it started to become an interest to you at this stage in your life?
1: I, from a really young age I really liked um, a kind of people would use the term off with the pixies <laughs> like I'd spend a lot of time kind of quiet you know, hanging out on my own with a pair of scissors and glue and you know I'd just be kind of Making odd stuff, I'd always kind of be uh, chopping up my dad's newspaper, or, or you know, it was just something I'd always kind of done. To I just like using my hands. I'm a bit of a kind of, you know, if I, if they're idle, you know. When I left home at about thirteen, I left my mum's home and kind of went and stayed with my dad and. Um, I had a garage downstairs and music was a really big part of that space you know I remember sitting in this garage in Maroubra listening to Janis Joplin and all these you know and just drawing getting really stoned and um uh yeah and and drawing doodling and it was just kind of like a way for you know the white noise and the kind of busyness in my head just to find a place to to settle
0: did smoking weed change your art making at all
1: um i don't know i was so young there was nothing there really before i started smoking weed so yeah yeah i was too young to know what it changed i just liked it it was my happy place
0: mm. and we're talking yeah. about it in in past tense because it's not so much a part of your life anymore or not at all but yeah how, how does one come to the end of addiction what kind of closed that chapter for you
1: uh, chaos and mayhem and um yeah like they say you know i progressed from marijuana to stronger drugs and yeah got into a lot of um sticky situations but basically it was um You know i loved trips and hallucinogenics and cocaine and stuff and basically my brain just fried and um yeah there's lots of kind of music in that point and um you know it's almost like that music is just um just helps me to put that time into place and even past that time you know when i put down drugs it just really helps me kind of identify kind of where i was you know i can remember some of the best nights out by you know a song comes on and i'm kind of back there or mm-hmm. you know
0: it's like um you're like the perfect guest for this show carla i think what's really special about out of the box is the way that the music that we listen to at certain times in our life it is so close to our memories of that time um And in this period, you did walk away from drugs, but not from art. You've gone on to pursue that. Tell me about your formal art training.
1: Uh, So I got out of um, detox um, at Lenten Clinic, and I was staying with the family. Um, You know, they were into the arts. They were quite, you know, removed from where I grew up. I was living in Double Bay, and they suggested I um, um, apply for art school. And um, so I did that and got in. So I was kind of straight out of detox, um, you know, probably heading for jail and then ended up in the old jail at National Art School in Darlinghurst. And um, yeah, loved it. It was a really good, you know, I got there and I was psychotic and I wasn't, um, you know, I didn't have, I didn't use words very often so, you know I went to school and found it hard to leave just loved kind of finding a way to express myself you know I just got off the streets I was I was too messy to think about where it was in my practice it was just kind of a really positive place for me to be and obviously the place I needed to be so there was no kind of um conscious thought about you know where I was going or heading in with my art career. And it was really strongly um, abstract expressionist kind of influence there at the time. Um, When was I there? I think I went there 1990 or 1991. So it was all about that. So it wasn't about what you wanted to do, but that formal training, it was the first time I'd ever kind of committed to anything and showed up at anything regularly. And, um, yeah, I was hooked. It was good.
0: Yeah, later in the show, I want to talk about where that would take you but first, a song, Carla, what's the next one you've picked?
1: Uh, Tim Buckley. I'm a huge Tim Buckley fan and
0: Sweet Surrender. You've been talking about you know, attaching songs to these memories from times in your life. What memory crops up when you listen to this?
1: I shouldn't mention
0: it. Okay.
1: <laughs> it involves one person and yeah, but it has, yeah. There's a particular person that it really reminds me of that was a lot of trouble and um, yeah. Yeah, I just love Tim Buckley, he's the
0: bomb. He's the bomb. It's Tim Buckley he's the bomb. on FBI Radio 94.5. This song's called Sweet Surrender. Sweet Surrender. It was Tim Buckley on FBI Radio 94.5. That song was chosen by Carla Dickens, who joins me right now for Out of the Box. We're looking at all of the songs in her life as if we are opening up an old box of photos, rifling through them. And the photo I want to look at now, Carla, is the one of you first moving to the Northern Rivers. What prompted that move?
1: So I'd I'd left art school. Um, I wasn't interested in staying in Sydney. And I kind of, by that time, I knew that I wanted to make art and I knew that I couldn't afford to actually live in Sydney. Um, So first I I moved to the Hunter Valley. I lived on 40 acres up there on my own, Uh, tried to build a house, which was interesting. Um, Wait, can, no can we talk about tools? that? Did, were you yeah.
0: <laughs> kind of operating w- with advice from someone who's built a house before? Or were you kind of just following your heart?
1: Um, well, I, I found the, the tip shop in, um, in the Hunter Valley at Cessnock. And so I kind of found materials, but it was mainly out of stone. So when people had come to visit, I didn't have a car for a number of years when I first lived there. Um, So people would come to visit and bring me bags of cement and I'd use the stones that were there. Thankfully, when I got there, like on the next property, Margaret Preston used to live. She had a, or her brother or one of the family had a, um, a printing press. So where I was that there were, on the block that I was, it was 40 acres. There was a kind of a house that people had kind of, not a house, it was a shack. So I kind of just added to that and tried to keep it together and did lots of mosaics and it was great.
0: And how long did you stay there for?
1: Um 7 years. Wow. So I was out of art school and um recently off drugs and yeah, I lived out in the bush on my own for 7 years. Um and it was yeah, it was incredible.
0: I love that. I just I I love the tidbit about it being Margaret Preston's old home as well. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it was, it was wild. Like, the driveway was 45 minutes long. It was, yeah, it was hectic. And I didn't have a car for two years, so I had to walk up the face of the mountain with my shopping. And I had a black cat for a while that was in a bag over my shoulder. She was 14. She had no teeth. She'd never lived in the bush. So her and I were kind of just like these weirdos out there that, was like you know it was yeah it was incredible Mm. going back and living on you know one piece of land where the only energy there was mine and the land of that country um and after being psychotic and picking up all that kind of energy that wasn't mine in Sydney Mm. um it was yeah it
0: was great and so you get to the end of those seven years in the bush yeah what happened next where did you go I got a bit weird up there seven years on
1: my own, and my family decided to kind of do a little bit of a um what do they call you know an intervention and um and I decided, yeah, I should go not in Sydney but somewhere that was a nice like a softer medium, and I really wanted a child, so um you know being a gay woman i heard that you know there was quite a few queers up around lismore um, so i ventured up to the northern rivers and been here ever since i was in Bangalore first and i um, i lived with um friends um gordon and elaine siren who i'd um had a worked in their gallery in darlinghurst they decided to move up and we started a gallery in Black blackfellas dreaming and um you know i kept saying i want a child and um so elaine put her son's name up and um christopher and i you know i got to um you know give birth to my daughter ginger and i had a partner at the time joe um uh wild well well, woman at the time, and um yeah, settled up there, mm. tried to make a family well, did make a family
0: and Ginger's sixteen now, can you tell me a bit about ginger?
1: Ginger is um you know my catalyst she you know, I really started to take art seriously after I became a parent and realized i um was responsible for this little person in the world and um yeah she just came into the world with so much of um her own you know spirit and you know she's definitely the adult in the house she's you know gets up and does yoga I've been thinking of doing that for 30 years but she just does it (laughs) you know she's uh she's a great cook she's good in the garden you know she's emotionally intelligent she doesn't feel the need to get smashed or, you know, she she is not me. And a lot of people that know me when I was younger, uh, you know, are shocked that this little person's, you know, my daughter. So I'm incredibly proud of her and she makes me behave myself. I, I want to impress her. I've never wanted to impress anybody before, but I... You know, I want to impress my girl
0: Carla what's the next song you've chosen?
1: Yeah, I think it's Crazy Diamond by Pink Floyd um, it might be a, a shorter version but yeah this is for my partner um, that I had ginger with Joe who's not with us anymore love this song love a bit of Pink Floyd
0: It's Shine On You Crazy Diamond by Pink Floyd on Out Of The Box
1: Remember
0: Shine like the sun You're listening to Out of the Box on FBI Radio 94.5. That song was Pink Floyd and Shine On You Crazy Diamond. My guest on the show today, cross-cultural artist Carla Dickens chose it. And I want to spend a bit of time just diving into your practice, Carla. We've talked about your art throughout the show, but... Can you first tell me maybe what is distinctive about an artwork that's done by Carla Dickens? When someone's standing before one, how can they tell that it's been done by you?
1: Ooh, um, maybe, um, well, you know, I tend not to, you know, I love the name of this show, Out of the Box, because, uh, you know, I... I know I've annoyed galleries and stuff before because I, I don't always kind of have a particular, one particular, there's not one particular kind of Carla Dickens artwork. Um, so, you know, whether it's film or photo or I guess more and more it's the, the works with found objects that are um, kind of people identify my me with what I do with yeah. What
0: attracts you to found objects?
1: I've always been a bow bird and I've always kind of picked up things from the street and I kind of started doing that at art school because I couldn't afford materials I couldn't afford the paint it was just really outrageous and um, the way I used to paint I couldn't afford to kind of keep up with the the cost of it Um, But I think, you know, more and more, and still that's been a huge part of why I've used found objects is a financial kind of um, cost. But um, found objects, they have a history. They will engage a wider audience um, with their memories. So I know with fabrics, I've used a lot of fabrics and... You know, people will see a bit of fabric and be reminded of Anani's curtains, or somebody's shirt, or an old lounge from the 60s or 70s. Um, and by and then using farm tools, so they're kind of objects that are in people's kind of periphery or memories. And if you, I find if you, you know people, if that memory kind of bank opens up, you've got a softer place for them to engage with work. So I like to use those objects and, and you know, put them with um, certain things to kind of open up a conversation that they're not expecting, I guess.
0: Mm. I, I find that so interesting that, it, you know, partly comes out of necessity and and affordability but then also you know we do hold such attachments to objects. Yesterday when I was talking to you on the phone Carla I was kind of asking about whether stories from your Wiradjuri heritage tie into your work and it kind of pointed to how we started this interview off where you were like well that's just one part of my ancestry my ancestry is quite big and far-reaching and that's something that You talk about in your work as well, and about I feel like I'm not doing it justice because it is such a big picture. Can you explain that to me?
1: Yeah, so I I guess um, the majority of my work is um, about that that point of um, conflict and rubbing together of um, cultures and the colonial kind of impact on, um, you know, my Wiradjuri ancestors. And, you know, in that time in Australia, they wanted assimilation, And um, so I haven't shied away from that. Like, I really kind of um, put that, all that colonial kind of, language into the work um that I that I make you know it's like it comes together it's not you know it's not separate in my you know in my heart like the in the trauma you know it's not separate it's like there's not one culture and another culture that they're there they're, they're rubbing together um yeah and I guess that's what my work is about really that um collision and that rubbing and that um um yeah conflict and how to sit with it and how to understand it for myself um you know with a person that has you know um You know, my, my, my indigeneity has been, um, you know, it, it wasn't handed to me by, um, you know, a group of elders who um, had grown up in culture. You know, my, I grew up in, in um, trauma um, from the history of this country So I guess my work really reflects that
0: trauma. In the next part of the show, we'll delve a little bit deeper into some of the exhibitions that you have on now and coming up and more specifically what they point to. But first, you've chosen a song by Miles Davis, Carla. Why did you pick this one?
1: Um, When I was at art school and, um, like, I was young and I had a lot more energy than I do now, but um, when I... You know want some more energy and um to paint um used to love miles davis um and just that kind of jazz kind of energy and 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 movement Mm -hmm. so yeah it's always miles's work for me in the studio a lot
0: Miles Davis and DuBop on Out of the Box on FBI Radio 94.5. I'm Mia Hull. I'm joined by cross-cultural artist Carla Dickens, who has a show on right now at Carriage Works. It's called Return to Sender, and it'll still be on right up until the 30th of January this year. Carla, can you tell me a bit about that show? It is an installation,
1: site-specific installation. Um, as you walk into Carriage Works, um, I love that space. You know, my grandfather worked in at Carriage Works um, um, when it was what it was formerly, um, and the work is a um, to do with a collection of mine on old postcards. Um, they're. Um, and it, I guess the, when I first started this work, it was related to the Enough kind of movement and the protests in Canberra and um, about the way women are treated. And I had these postcards of um, uh, First Nations women in this country that were, um, you know, some of them are very beautiful um but the language so it's not just the images that I've used from the front of the postcards but the um the people it's got names of who sent them it's got the you know um the notes on these postcards some of them are you know just like oh it was great to see you um disregarding the images and some of them are just very kind of Um, racist and, um, you know, shitty comments on them really. So there's, you know, those images, one of those images, the one of the women is like five and a half metres high. Um, It's um, surrounded in corrugated iron, kind of talking about where my grandmother, um, you know, her time in those humpy camps and mascot. And um, a really important part of the exhibition, um, they're quite small, but uh, are gates with post boxes on them. And so um, the premise of the exhibition is to return these racist postcards to the senders. So, you know, on some of the post boxes is, you know, Billy Bias, Bob Bigot, Wally White, Karen. Uh, the KKK so it's kind of um yeah it's a returning of these um of this past and this um um yeah racist dialogue that we have in this country that a lot of people still want to deny still refuse to see this country as a racist Mm. kind of country with any past Mm. um yeah, And the writing's so on the wall.
0: You put the writing on the wall, Carla.
1: The writing is on the wall and there's a fantastic um, prison door that I found as well. It's, uh, it's over 100 years old, probably be 150 years old. It's 200 kilos. The install team did an incredible job putting it up there. So yeah, that's the show in Carriage Works. If you can make it,
0: yeah, and I'll I'll put the details to that one up on the programs page on fbradio.com. Cool. So if anyone does want to see that one, it's Return to Sender by Carla Dickens happening at Carriage Works right now through until the thirtieth of January. But Carla, you are prolific. you <laughs> you've got at least three shows coming up. In the next couple of months some of them have already kicked off let's go over to um the orange regional art gallery where you've got a show happening until the 13th of february tell me about that one that show is called a
1: dickensian sideshow and it's um it is new work and existing work um some that was in the sydney biennale um, from a Dickensian circus, and some that was in the Adelaide Biennale, which was a Dickensian uh, country show, and um, yeah, so it's basically the work talks about the. Ho- it's a big installation of lots of different works that talk about, um, you know, black fellas in this country who were a part of circus and rodeos and um, tent boxing and um, and all of you know what that means and you know the opening of that show I did an artist talk and somebody in the audience said why are you using why don't you use your own um, you know iconography and symbols and objects like boomerangs and you know, it's just um a really good example. It's like, you know, it's a shared history in this country, and blackfellas share that circus history, and you know, those country fairs and were a really big part of that, and with the tent boxing and, so yeah, um, really good um. I love that question because it's just like it just really helps to reinforce that these objects are ours too, just Mm. like all the farm tools that I use, Mm. you know, yes, you know, we don't always have a boomerang in our back pocket, but our forefathers were, you know, decent farmers and hard workers and stuff.
0: And if anyone was in Orange between now and the 13th of February, you can head to the Orange Regional Art Gallery to see that exhibition by Carla Dickens. It's called A Dickensian Sideshow, and I'll pop the details up in the program's page on fbrradio.com. So much, Carla Dickens, for us to get our hands on at the moment. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. It's been really lovely chatting to you, Carla. Yeah, thank you, Maya. Appreciate it. What song would you like to finish with?
1: Uh, Yellow. Um, yeah 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 it's yellow (laughs) great to paint to great to drive to the best uh, for a road trip
0: Um,
1: yeah I'm still a tripper Thanks for having me
0: (laughs) Well great news if you're listening from your car right now. Carla Dickens has chosen a road trip song for you it's by Yellow, it's called Oh Yeah Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If you did want to find any of the exhibitions that Carla and I just spoke about they'll be on the programs page on fbiradio.com. While you're there you can find the full list of all of the songs we've played today as well and listen back to the show if you like You can also listen back via the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Big shout out to producer Tash for helping me research this episode and stick around. Lunch up next, FBI.